All right, welcome back to the Philosophy for Change podcast. This week's episode is all about protein. Um, and that's the one of the macronutrients that we got to consume in order to, you know, not die. And also it's, it happens to be, uh, I don't know if you've heard or not, but it's pretty good for, for weightlifting and exercising. It's really good for helping to repair the muscles that you've destroyed. Yeah, it's important, especially if you're going to be building muscle, you're definitely going to want to eat a bit of a surplus. How much of a surplus? Well, that's very debatable. Um, it depends who you talk to. There's a lot of PhDs that say some different things. So kind of, you know, you just have to kind of go with what works for you. Um, the ranges aren't, they're not like insanely far apart, but they're, they're far apart enough to give you some pause. So without further ado, let's hop into, I'm just, I got to pull some stuff off of the, of the wiki here. And we can just kind of read it out. So we'll kind of start with uh, what it is, do a little bit of the history, and then we'll get into the, some of the, the more fun, fun aspects of it. Okay, so first, proteins are large biomolecules and macromolecules that are comprised of one or more long chains of amino acid residues. Proteins perform a vast array of functions within organisms, including catalyzing metabolic reactions, DNA replication, responding to stimuli, providing structure to cells and organisms, and transporting molecules from one location to another. Proteins differ from one another primarily in their sequence of amino acids, which is dictated by the nucleotide sequence of their genes, and which is usually resulting in protein folding into a specific 3D structure that determines its activity. So they're complicated. They're really complicated on a, a cellular level or smaller than cellular level, the, the, the way that they're, they're made up, and especially because of all the different amino acids. Like we talked about in the vegan episode, that proteins are made of amino acids and the, the way that they're sequenced and these specific type of uh, amino acids that we need. Um, they're going to come from a variety of places. I believe that meat is going to have all the essential amino acids in it and if you're eating a all plant diet then you definitely want to be careful that you're getting um a nice mix so that you can get each amino acid from each plant like you can't just eat all broccoli and be good you got to eat like different you got to eat different stuff so if anyone's out there like uh, if someone's doing an uh, all plant diet and they're they're weightlifting They've probably already been through this process and they probably have a very strict diet to make sure that they get all those amino acids in there in order to create protein because it it breaks. There's a cool part. Once it gets into your body and stuff, it breaks it down and then it rebuilds it again later on. Like, isn't that neat? So that's pretty cool. Let's see. So proteins were recognized as a distinct class of biological molecules in the 18th century by Antoine Fourcroy and others. I guess is his colleagues that didn't get uh, a name credit distinguished by the molecules ability to coagulate or flocculate under treatments with heat or acid. So they kind of realized like, Hey, there's something going on here. Isn't that neat? But they just, uh, I don't know how in the 18th century, that's the 1700s by the way, that they were looking into this and kind of figuring this stuff out. Let's see, early nutritional scientists such as the German Carl von Voigt believed that protein was the most important nutrient for maintaining the structure of the body because it was generally believed that flesh makes flesh. Uh, yeah, this sounds legit. It sounds legit. And it is kind of legit uh, in a sense. Uh, let's see, applying Liebig's law of the minimum and feeding laboratory rats the nutritionally essential amino acids were established. That's what we're talking about, the essential amino acids, which ones were necessary, which really sucks for these rats because that means that some of them were just dying off because they didn't have the essential amino acids in their diet. 
Wow, that sucks. Let's see, the first protein to be sequenced was insulin, which I thought was cool, right? That they're they're looking into protein, and then uh, and then they find this one for the first one that they're looking into is insulin, and it was done by Frederick Sanger in 1949. Sanger correctly determined the amino acid sequence of insulin, thus conclusively demonstrating that proteins consisted of linear polymers of amino acids rather than branch chains, colloids, or cyclols. He won the Nobel Prize for this achievement in 1958. Wow took nine years before we got recognized for that I, I actually heard something about that earlier that uh what will typically happen with um these winners is they'll come out with something and it won't be for a very long time later that uh i guess i mean they don't say like that this was like proven in 1949 but he may have done the the experiment in 1949 then he's got to have it um what's it called by other scientists they all got to look into it he's got to write everything up he's got to uh, get it out there he's got to talk about it with people get into magazines and newspapers and all that blah 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 stuff you know the marketing aspect of it pretty big deal uh how i mean it probably takes a little while before it gets to the uh the Nobel prize council um man, i have to look into that too i wonder when that started See, to increase muscle mass in combination with physical activity, it is recommended that a person that lifts, oh, lifts weights. This is the part where we're talking about, sorry, I got ahead of myself there for a second. So this is the part when we're discussing, okay, a lot of people want to know when they are going to be dieting or exercising is how much protein should I consume? And um, it's going to vary from person to person, but there is an amount that you should be consuming. And... There's, like I said, it's a wide range. So I just pulled what one recommendation was. And you can kind of decide what you want to do. This one's kind of on the on the low side as far as recommendations go. And this one's going to say recommending if you lift, lift weights regularly or training or running or cycling, to eat a range of 1.2 to 1.7 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day or 0.5 to 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So per kilogram or... Per pound of body weight see the difference there it's uh like almost half so and i've also heard that this is going to vary depending on a lot of things and i on the higher end i've heard 1.8 per kilogram and i've also heard that the the lower end should be higher at around 1.5 even and uh, i think that's especially if you're getting older you know once you're fully grown and then you start aging that your protein should be higher right and here was the here was the interesting part that i heard about this and i definitely want to look into a lot of these macronutrients and discuss them and discuss them more and more and more in the future because you know as i keep uh looking into this and looking up you know different items of actions for this what i keep seeing is just there's tons and tons of information out there and a lot of it goes over my head because i'm not a researcher and i'm not a scientist but i think it's still cool to just hear how some of these things are going to interact so but i just trying to figure out how to ex explain what i've heard and have it in the the layman's terms that people can actually make some use out of it in their in their daily life so basically what this is saying that if you're going to sit down and if you're going to get hard in your diet um then you're going to want to have a person like uh, i think a lot of places will say you need to have a percentage of your diet 
the easiest thing to do is to say like, oh, well, my macronutrients are going to be carbs, fats, proteins, right? That's basically how it breaks down. And they usually have percentages that you want to have, you know, this percent, that percent, and the other percent. And then when you're the problem that I've heard one guy, one doctor discussing about this, was he saying that it's like, okay, so if we do this percentage game and we're talking about our protein needs, okay, now if we're going to gain weight, let's say that we're going to eat 3,000 calories a day, all right? So if, let's say, 30% of that diet is going to be protein, right? Now we're at almost 700 calories of protein. Now, and that's uh, how, how many grams that is. But let's say that's, that's your ma maintain. Now, if you decide to lose weight and you, not the, so instead of going 500 over, now you're going 500 below, right? So now we're at 1,500 or sorry, we were at 3,000. So now we're at 2,000, which means that we're eating a third less calories than we were before, right? But our protein requirements don't go down by a third just because our diet's lower. So the percentage doesn't really work in this case, right? Because you're supposed to be getting that 1.2 to 1.7 or 1.8 depending on who you talk to, just for, that's like your maintenance so that you can maintain so your body doesn't break down. You can't just cut that number by, by a third. It's just, you're, you're gonna be under, right? So that's the, the thing you have to watch a protein. And all these macros is you don't wanna do it by percentages. You wanna have your, your protein, you want it to be a number, typically this number right here. And then you wanna build around that. So figure out what those calories are. It's still gonna be, you know, that 700 calories or so, seven, 800 calories of protein. And then the other calories are gonna have to go into, into fats and carbs. You're gonna have to figure out, you know, how you do that. And what you could also do, I mean, depending on the diet, if you're keto, there's like no carbs in it. So there's a lot of fats and you probably don't wanna eat 1300 grams of fat and 700 grams of protein. So you're gonna have more protein and then you run into this problem of people saying, well, what happens when you consume way too much protein? And here's the, the good and the bad part of it. So what people will say if you're consuming too much protein is, well, that's going to lead to the kidney stones and heart disease and yada, yada, yada. But here's why they're going to say that. They assume, for whatever reason, every time we talk about protein, people are gonna assume that the only thing they're eating is steak and bacon, right? Which is slightly less healthier for you than eating like a, a perfectly balanced diet, right? Because it could lead to some, some bad stuff. But that's not, if you're, if you, I mean, we know that's not, that's not your diet. It's gonna be, it's gonna be varied and it's gonna be wide. And also, what if your protein was all coming from a, a whey protein, right? Or what if it was coming from, let's say, plants? If you're if you're vegan or vegetarian, then, like, yeah, you're gonna be, you're probably gonna be fine, and you're not gonna end up having like the pro, just the extra protein itself is not gonna cause harm. It's gonna be the type of foods that you get it from. So, 
you want to make sure that you're getting a nice variety of probably different types of different types of proteins it's just so that you're like any type of like monolithic diet is not going to be too great for you you know because it's going to make it more difficult to to get all the nutrients that you're going to need and if you do it for too long you know eventually you're going to be short on something there's no way around that it's just what's going to happen so you know just be careful but here's the cool thing though is that eating more protein is more beneficial but it is the more protein that you consume over your limit the less beneficial it's going to be for you if that makes sense so if you're supposed to eat 200 grams okay that's the perfect amount you're using up everything but you know once you get to like 200 and let's say 20 grams okay you're still getting it you're still using it but it's only like 80 percent and then if as you keep going up and up it'll be like 70 60 50 30 10 like this you're always getting a little bit more out of it but it's a little bit less more you know what i mean like it's kind of like if you, you ever played a game and once the stats get higher like the stats mean like less like uh you know five points of dex means a lot when you got 20 but it doesn't mean shit when you got 478 <laughs> you know what i mean it's that type of thing <laughs> hydrate so that's the fun part so now speaking of whey protein one little fun fact that we have here in the 1950s, protein supplements first appeared. Egg protein was used by competitive bodybuilders to increase muscle mass. Whey protein came after that and caught the attention of many others who wanted to build muscle, lose weight, or use it as a quick meal replacement, which is what I use it for as a meal replacement for lunch because I know it's a, an easy way for me to get 50 grams of protein in my body. Uh, who wouldn't be cool with that? And it's dirt cheap compared to other foods. That's my other favorite thing about it. My lunch literally cost me like 30 cents, if that, um, all said and done. And those bags, those they, they just last me forever. But that's great, like they figured out, I tried to figure out, I was trying to look back and figure out, you know, when did they start consuming, you know, protein specifically for bodybuilding? But I think they've kind of known for, for a while, maybe not specifically, but that, eating was necessary because like we discussed in the ancient Olympics episode is that these guys have been lifting for a long time and getting strong and getting jacked you know like all those statues they have like those are real people <laughs> that's not just like a that's not an Instagram filter that's just what you know what, what those people's bodies looked like at the time so they must have had an idea of how to diet properly in order to get that physique so they must have known that like oh you know Here's Chad. Chad eats a lot of a lot of red meat and he looks, you know, fucking lean as fuck. And this dude is just drinks all day, eats nothing but bread, and he, you know, he doesn't doesn't look as good as Chad, you know, even though they're both lifting weights and working out. So they can kind of decide, you know, from there. You know, once you see hundreds of examples of that, you can start to kind of guess that, alright, I need to feed, I need to eat these things, or I need to tell people to eat these things and you know, bada bing, bada boom, and then kind of get moving in the right direction. And then later on, you know, one of these beautiful scientists over here get to go, oh yeah, by the way, you're getting, this is the reason why you're getting jacked. Because this stuff has a thing called protein in it and it's helping rebuild muscle. And uh, I mean, they're all dead now, so they don't care about it anymore, but hey, good for all of us. We all get to know things. So yeah, I thought that was 
I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, one of the my favorite food groups is protein. If I'm gonna go, if I'm making a meal, if I'm going out to eat, like I don't know how you don't think like you know you think of like what am I getting for the protein? That's the the star of everything. It's the most important thing. It's like, oh, what are you having tonight? Uh, oh, broccoli with chicken? No, no. You say chicken with broccoli. That's what you say in that order every single time. Uh, if if you're a meat eater or omnivore. It's just, it's the star of the show, baby. It does something to your brain. I think it's done something to our brains. There was that whole thing about um, cooking food and our brains getting bigger. Um, it's gotta be it's gotta be something to that there's gotta be something to that I believe they say they like to say it happened around the same time which yeah I can totally buy that I can totally see that <laughs> I mean granted I don't think we're getting now that we have like in crazy stupid access to me I don't think we're getting smarter now I think well it's it's a completely different time. We're not in any type of survival mode whatsoever. So who the hell knows, like physio physiologically, like where the humanity is heading towards. And not to mention the fact that when, when they were looking at that, they're probably, you know, they could do it over thousands of years, you know, and we're just in this, this space where, you know, maybe 100, 200 years tops where we've had like crazy access to food like we've had. So it's hard to say exactly how that's going to affect us, you know, uh, evolution-wise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's protein. A, a nice, short, and sweet. I just wanted to pick out some some quick little facts about it. If you're if you're exercising, if you're lifting, consume it. And like I said, 1.2 to 1.7 grams per kilogram. And going the high end is not going to hurt you. And it doesn't matter whether you're on a deficit, on a surplus, or you're on a maintenance. That's the amount you got to eat. Oh, one last quick little thing here. One of the essential amino acids, I think it was called leucine. They said that was really important for what they call it protein synthesis. And the best time for protein synthesis is actually in the morning. So it doesn't matter where, I know some people like to do the fasting. Some people like to do 20 minutes meals every day. I'm not sure, you know, that's dependent per person. What's gonna work for you. Whatever works for you, works for you. Uh, all I know is everybody's getting results doing, doing everything all kinds of crazy different ways. But what I heard, and I'm, maybe kind of tend to agree with this because I feel like when I'm I'm the type of the guy that skips breakfast most days however when I'm going hard or trying to put on some extra weight I will start eating like breakfast and what I feel I'm always like when I'm eating that breakfast it's like it you know it gets my energy up makes me feel like rested and repaired and everything and they're saying that you know eating protein during the breakfast is the best time for for this leucine to, to absorb it and to allow protein synthesis to happen. So if you're a breakfast skipper and you're not getting the results that you want, maybe try eating a few eggs in the morning and just, you know, see how that works for you. It's not a crazy amount of calories. Uh, it's super easy to make and it could help you out, <laughs> you know? 
like easy peasy. You can cook them in a frying pan in the microwave. Uh, really easy and super cheap. That's the best part. And it doesn't have to be eggs. Obviously, I say eggs because it's like the they're like a superfood, and they're literally everywhere. Where can't you get an egg? Right. So that was one. I think that was the one of the last cool facts I had. I'm sure there's a bunch swimming around my brain right now that I just can't recall. But yeah, let's just do that. Let's keep it nice, short, sweet, simple, beautiful. Uh, we'll do the fats and carbs. We'll do those coming up. And we'll also, you know, shoot the shit with other people telling their stories and have fun with that. And uh, other than that, just uh, have a great night. Have a great day. But fuck your afternoon. Seriously.